Welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast, Conversations from Being, inspired by the book, The Ultimate Coach, written by Amy Hardison and Alan Thompson. Join us each week with the intention of expanding your state of being, and your experience will be remarkable. Remember, this is a podcast about being. It is a podcast about you. To explore more deeply, visit theultimatecoachbook.com. Now, enjoy today's conversation from B. Welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast. My name is Philip Bartu, and today I am being joined from, well, with the wonderful Gary Marler from Vancouver. Hello, Gary. Hello, hello. So wonderful to be with you. Well, it's been uh, just a joy to connect with you shortly before this call. And uh, in our conversation, what came up was the first time uh, Gary met Steve, he saw a possibility of who he wants to be as a father, as a husband, as a man. And since then, he has stepped into that possibility and into that potential. And that's what I would love to hear more about and explore what that potential looks like today. And I'm really excited to have this conversation. And Gary is a coach, but also a father of two. He's, uh, tell us about, um, maybe we can start, um, Gary, just what does it mean for you to be a father? Being a father for me gets to the part of me of when I was a child with all of the wonder and possibility and joy. So I get to re-inhabit that with two beautiful human beings that I've actually see be born. I've actually been with since that time, most of the time, just within the nature of my work, working from home, I have got to be with these two little human beings. And the most beautiful thing about being a father is to be able to be with them in such a way that I can shower them with unconditional love. I can learn from them in all of their open-hearted ways of just telling, declaring, crying, screaming what they want and what they need and to learn from them how to be patient, how to be playful, how to be loving, how to be kind. And then I get to inhabit a life with them that shows by example everything that I'm learning about life. I get to, by example, be with them. And I don't need to say anything because the kids don't care what I say. (laughs) They care about how I'm being with them. So that to me is what fatherhood, how I see it and live it and experience it. It's, it never stops being there. It's always there for me. Yeah, that's that's so beautiful. And one of the one of the things I heard you say is, I get to learn how to be patient. And I remember reading a passage in the book 
where you went to Steve and saying, you know, can you um, spend some time with my son, Cohen, uh, see if you can help him be more calm and less yeah. nervous. <laughs> and then it turned out he had to work on you and through your being, Cohen could be more calm and less nervous. It's funny. It's a little thing about my son is he has been a bundle of activity since he was born. And we put my son into Japanese preschool. And anytime there was some kind of a presentation where all the kids had to sit down dutifully and beautifully, my son would nod. He would be running around with teachers chasing him and my wife would be in tears because he would just be so rambunctious, so full of energy, so much ants in his pants. Mm -hmm. And so much so that my wife was really worried that he had some type of a condition that wouldn't allow him to sit down. And that was really why I said, I, I really yeah. think I need to prepare Cohen for kindergarten. Would you mind if I come and spend some time? And he said, I don't really do that, but I'll do that for you. And it was magnificent. So we had a beautiful boys trip. We took the public transit to the airport. We were on the airplane. We just had so much fun, so much. So he can't wait to do this again at some point. He's like, I can't wait to go back to Phoenix with you. And it was so beautiful. We walk into Steve's office and then we've got cookies and this beautiful present. Please open me when you arrive. And I mean, for a kid, you can't ask for more. And he was having his cookies and he got some Legos from Steve and Amy. And then as soon as Steve walks in, big hug to me and right on the floor for 15 minutes with Cohen talking to him, asking him questions, like just completely being with Cohen. And after 15 minutes said, um, yeah, he's perfect. We got to work on you. <laughs> Roll up your sleeves. Yeah. How old was your son at the time? So let's see, that was, so he's nine now. He's probably, I think you need to be six to get into kindergarten. So I'm thinking he was okay. six. It would have been five or yeah. six, I don't recall, but it and was. And so yeah. five or six. So, so in that moment, how did you, how was it for you to hear that? Your son is perfect. Oh, I already knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I knew that. I, I, I mean, I brought him to be with Steve, but like I knew that. I, I pretty much, you know, haven't worked with Steve for a while, pretty much knew where the responsibility for any problem that I have or think that I have lies. But um, it was just amazing. I thought they would be together much longer than that. It was like really short. And what occurred was so natural in 15 minutes. Yeah. I think most people would have needed an hour or more. And there was an instant bond and connection. Mm -hmm. And within that time, he found out about his sister, Kona. So Steve found out about Cohen's sister, Kona, found out about many things which were brought into our session. Yes. 15 minutes. Amazing. With the five, six-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, um, I also know that uh, there's a passage where you say that um, Steve was loving the shyness out of your daughter, Kona. And you refer it to be, to refer it as one, one of the most extraordinary 
things you've experienced. So it, the book kind of stops there. And uh, mm. I kind of, I would love for you to just share with us what, what happened. It's so within the session, and it was beautiful because this is a testament to Steve where he had it that Amy would be with Cohen and brought Cohen down to where Steve's grandchildren play and Amy read to him, was with him. And after our session, when I went to that room and saw how Amy was with him, that was something I want to touch as well, which was one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen. But in the session, we went directly to me and we started off with Cohen regarding the nature of who he is in the need for expression around physical activity and who we needed to be, my wife and I, in terms of an allowance of that without any judgment of that. So within the story I told you earlier, for my wife to have someone doing what doesn't really seem what should be going on within her Japanese culture was really a big problem for her. Right. And there was something within me that could not make that a problem, that yeah. would not have to fix her problem, that would not have to fix Cohen. And I could actually be with him mm -hmm. in a way that allowed time for physical expression, which would allow that to go out. So to actually be physical with him, then to have him in his tired state to be close to me and allow me to talk to him, be with him. And I don't know what's occurred from there other than hearing that and then changing myself towards my wife and to him. But at nine, he's a voracious reader. Any moment that he can, he is on his beanbag chair with a book open. He is teaching his sister how to read. There is something that we loved him to be exactly him. And yeah. it just shifted regarding Kona he shared that his grandson was also very shy. And he said how Amy and him were going to love the shyness out of him. And he said, people will come to you and say, is your daughter shy? And he said some words exactly like this. I wrote them down and they were very helpful. Instead of saying to people, yes, she is, or deflecting saying, no, she's not. Every time they would say that in front of her, some people might say that, but to me, she's extremely present mm -hmm. and she's my connection to what's going on because she sees everything. And I love her exactly the way she is. And she's becoming more Kona each day. Mm -hmm. And I remember when she started preschool, pre-kindergarten, preschool, daycare, she would not play with anyone. And I would say, did you play with anyone today? And she says, no, I did not. And I said, that's beautiful. Please don't ever change. I love you the way you are. And eventually right. she played with yeah. the teacher. Yeah. And eventually she played with someone. And I kept on telling her, please never change. I love you the exact way you are. And now the latest thing was, She's in grade one and they have the all-star of the week, which is kind of a show and tell. And 
She read a book to the class and taught the class how to draw from a book by Mo Willems called The, the Pigeon Has to Go to School. There's not a hint of shyness. She, I don't know what occurred, but within that session, who I was being with them in the rambunctiousness and the shyness, everything, everything shifted. You know what's the most amazing thing I'm hearing in this story, which I'm really touched by, is that it sounds, if you look at the word, please never change. It sounds controlling, but the place you were at when you were being was just a place of, I accept everything and everything that you are in this moment. Yeah. And so you're, there's nothing about you that needs to change for me to exactly. love and accept you. But if you look at the language, mm-hmm. please never change. It could even feel like, oh, well, I have to be this way. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm not loved. And it's just, again, it comes back to what you were saying earlier, that it's really doesn't, it's not what you say, but it's people, the, the kids will get it from who you're being. In well, they're going to get that. it. They're going to get it from your being. And they're going to get it by me holding them and telling them, I love yeah. you just the way you are. Please don't ever change. I, I, I love yeah. and accept you exactly the way you are. It doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. I love you the way you are. Yeah. And Gary, I just want to say thank you to all. Wow. Just I'm <laughs> going to be a father in uh, August for the first time. Congratulations. Thank you. So the, 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 the reason for speaking to you was also some self-interest. And, okay. and, I, and, I, and I say this also for all the parents or parents-to-be, just how um, I feel just listening to you more connected to myself and to my child and to my baby boy, which will come in August. I already feel that whatever comes out, whoever shows up, my job is to love and accept. And I say this just recently over, I had some, there's a word for it, which is uh, gender disappointment. I was really hoping for a girl Mm. and um, it was a boy. And in that moment, I felt guilty for having a preference, almost like I should just want a healthy baby you know why why do why do i even care but i did care and we had a gender reveal party and it was a boy and i was i mean i was disappointed and uh oof, um a couple of days after i felt i needed to tell just my baby boy in in my mum's and you know and so i went to my wife put my hand and i just uh i just said that you know you are loved and accepted just as you are, and you are perfect. And in, in me just expressing that, it was almost like there was, well, my, this whole gender preference and stuff, just, it was like, it just shifted. It was so not important. And then I got really excited about, yeah, having a little, having a boy and, 
and you know that, that of course then I started looking at all, all the great things about a boy and what what have you but I just want to come back to your the way that you said that and I'm imagining just you know being Kona feeling so deeply seen and loved and and I think that's one of the biggest gifts that I see in the way you relate with your children is you see them you really see them and they feel seen. I see them. I accept them. I allow them. I allow everything that being a parent, because sometimes it's not fun. Yeah. How do you it's allow them? Yeah. How do you, how do you allow the full catastrophe, the what's not fun piece? I just don't make it not fun. <laughs> That's so good. Tell it. Could you share a story about, taking a full catastrophe and just making it fun. So yesterday we had an Easter egg hunt. Mm -hmm. And my boy is nine, but he's very pure. He's just very simple. He just loves soccer. He loves life. He's very impulsive. And around the house, his sister was finding everything and he found nothing. And he was really upset. Like he had a meltdown. He was crying the Easter bunny doesn't love me. And I think he knows that there isn't an Easter bunny, but still he was like, just wailing. And my wife's like, he, he stomped away. What are we going to do? And I just said, leave it to me. And I just sit down next to him and he crumples on the stairs and it just takes whatever time it took. And it took a long time. And then his sister came to give him some of the swag that she found and he just threw it away. I don't want that. And I said, that's fine, Kona, just that's fine. And I just sat with him. Yeah. And then after whatever time it was, I took out my phone and it's my kids have a no electronics policy and I don't do it because I'm woke or anything. It's just during the pandemic, I didn't like how they were becoming with electronics and we just wanted them to play with drawing and paper and reading. But I pull out the phone and we put on some Instagram stories. And there's like cute animals rolling and pandas doing whatever pandas do. And he slowly gets out of it. Mm, yeah. So, you know, my wife really wanted something different, but we got what we got. And you just sit with it. And I say, Kona, take it easy on the, you know, mm -hmm. Easter egg hunt for now. And she's like, no problem. Yeah. Pretty so much that's. Yeah. Yeah, that's, go ahead. Oh, that's, that's really, I, I can just picture that and, and how that, uh, yeah, just how that unfolded. I'm curious about the word discipline. Mm -hmm. And how does that, how does discipline show up? in your house and what, what, how does how it even show up in your parenting style, if at all? Uh, I, I, can, I can tell you how it did before working mm -hmm. with Steve and how it does now. And I can tell it in Cohen's words. I remember when I was a baby or really young and I remember and I can see what it's like now. And I said, so tell me about that. And he's like, well, now... I don't really see you get angry or impatient with me. 
and it used to be a daily occurrence. He would say not those words, but he would say it happened every day. So you're just less angry. You just don't get angry and you don't get triggered in the same way. Oh, I, I get angry. I get triggered inside, but I just don't make that a problem. Gary, I love you the way you are. Please don't ever try to change. Right. I inhabit a life of freedom playfully and patiently. So mm -hmm. I'm as playful and patient with my own nonsense with yeah. internally that I don't need to do anything with. Yeah. And I really take stock in where my breath is, where I am. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, this is a declaration that I've created with Steve. My whole document is a declaration. Now, I am that with a capital T. So I can be free to be with myself, however mm -hmm. I show up. And that really shifts mm -hmm. how I can be with go what's going on. And I just ask myself, what do I want? What do I want with my life? How do I want to spend my time? And what do I want to create? So I just come back to that and I take care of myself. And it's funny, at the beginning of this call, you said, can you turn on the camera? I said, I can. And it's dark here and I don't turn on the lights. It was like pitch black. You could see it. I wake up early in preparation for this call. I wake up early in preparation for the day. I tune this instrument called Gary so that whatever shows up, I'm not really too perturbed or surprised mm. by it. I'm ready to be who I am, no matter what occurs. So in terms of discipline, man, I don't even think in terms of those things anymore. Yeah. I come from that session with Steve being much different to myself and to them. And I just, all that I want to do is come from love and be forgiveness and understanding in every situation. And if I can do that, I'm generous and warm hearted. Yes. I'm playful and patient. <laughs> I'm free. And I create this like moment to moment. There's mm -hmm. always something in who I am that's coming up that yeah. I'm breathing into that all my brain has time for is that creation, not some other stuff to seep in. Yes. So if we're just going to rewind to mm -hmm. the, the first time you met Steve, mm -hmm. you said that there was a potential that you saw in him mm -hmm. that wasn't present in you. Can you share more about that? So I met Steve Chandler's ACS, the Coaching Prosperity School. And in when he was running these things, there's three live events that you can go to. I couldn't make the first one. I had other plans. So I go to Scottsdale. I don't know anybody from 40 coaches that are there feeling a little bit out of, you know, out of my league, so to speak, just because everyone knows each other and I'm kind of there and I don't know anyone. And then day two comes and everyone's talking about some guy named Steve Hardison. And I'm like, I don't know who that is, but okay. So I'm walking and then some guy in a flashy suit and a woman all dolled up in a Porsche drive up. And I'm thinking this guy must be this, or he's here for a wedding. Then he comes in and we sit down and from the moment he hit the stage, 
the acknowledgments that he gave to Steve Chandler, that he gave to his wife, checking in on her, to how he was presenting himself to the room. Like there was such a security and purpose to why he was in that room with us and what he wanted to share, which had nothing to do with coaching or with how to build a business. It was really, and he didn't say it in those terms back then, but who he was being. And it hit me. Yeah. It hit me. There's something in here in how he treats his wife and how he acknowledges Steve Chandler and how he loves himself, not in an egotistical way, but love is just emanating from every pore. That hit pretty hard mm. in a good way. What was it in you that you said, oh, I, I don't feel like I'm quite, I don't know if I would say I'm quite there yet, but then something in you, it's almost like something in you woke up, <laughs> like the possibility of you being that. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Oh, I, I got the mic and I don't like, and not at that time. Now I'm fine with mics, but at that time to pick up the mic and talk to people, I just, didn't do it. I didn't want to do it. It was not what I wanted. But I was like, no, I need the mic. And I, you guys don't know me. Some of you know me online before we met here, but I got to just tell you, I had an idea about myself that I was pretty, you know, yeah, knew the scene around being a dad. And, and I'm nothing like that. Yeah. And from this day, I'm making a declaration that I am that. And that declaration was very interesting because it wasn't like I need to do something in order to get it. It was a declaration that I am that, period. Mm -hmm. I am the best man, husband, father, and coach. That's who I am. I'm declaring it. Mm -hmm. I forgive myself for not being it or not seeing yeah. myself as it. And something from that thing where you've got Steve and Amy and Steve Chandler on the stage, and maybe it was an hour, maybe two, something shifted. Yeah. And I had an idea I needed to meet this man. And I had another idea that I cannot meet this man because he is going to see through me so hardcore <laughs> that I don't think I'm going to be able to handle it. And I didn't reach out to him for at least six, eight months that I wanted to meet with him. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, Gary, I want to just take a moment to share. Mm -hmm how the way that you described Steve, the way that you described him as love just pouring out of him and how mm -hmm. he just shifted your being. I've experienced you that, in that manner from the beginning of our conversation. Just being here in your presence, I've tapped into such a beautiful space inside of me. My heart is more open. And I just feel like there's this incredible vibration of love that you live in that's so tangible and palpable. And it's sort of like you just it just exudes out of you um, onto those in your presence. And so I just want to say how I don't know what is the potential that you saw for yourself, 
but I do know that who you are being today in this moment is an extraordinary loving human being. And I appreciate you so much from who you're being and what I get to experience just being here on this call with you. Thank you for that beautiful acknowledgement, which I just accept in gratitude and humility. Um, to me, there's mm. nothing more important in my life than what you just spoke. There's nothing that I could do with my life that's more important than living this moment to moment. Yes. It's why I work with Steve. All the other stuff occurs. My business gets better. My life gets better. Yeah. But I'm not hiring him for that. I'm hiring yeah. him for me with me and then me with you and me with all of the garbage that comes up in this mind yeah. and knowing that I don't have to participate with any of that. Yeah. And I am not weird thoughts that pop up. I am that I can be with mm. me however I show up or wake up and love that so much that there's no blocks to something greater. Mm. I am pure connection to the all-powerful and I create what it wants. And if I get to that place where I'm a bit player in this movie, pretty much what it wants coincides with what I want because I am it. Mm. And I never really worry about what I'm creating. I don't worry if it'll happen. I don't worry what it takes to happen. It's a very simple way of life and living that I live. And it's, what do I want? What I want is a life of peace and love and kindness. Within that, what do I get to create? And how do I want to spend my time? That is all that I inhabit daily. So this call, man, I knew 5.30. That's a perfect time for me. I'm up early. By the time we finish this call, it's Easter Monday. The kids and wife will be up maybe at the end of this call, maybe after because they're going to sleep in. And I get to inhabit this time with you in the stillness of my office where I do my coaching. I just, oh, that's what I want. Yeah. That's uh, one thing I want to say, just what mm. does success mean to you? What does it mean to be uh, successful? It, it means nothing. It means nothing. I don't know what that means. <laughs> if you say, what does loving mean? That means yeah. something to me. Okay. It, it, so, so just, yeah. uh, just in that, um, and I, I think that's an amazing answer. What, what does it mean to be a successful father. Again, it means nothing. Because whatever I would determine to be successful, I'd have to defer to whatever my kids experienced me as and who I'm being with them. I don't know what success or failure means. If I'd be thinking about success, I'd have to be something about failure. 
um, either I'm impeccable or I'm not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Impeccable with your word, with With yourself, with your integrity. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. I am impeccable in all I do and who I am being. And when I'm not, I forgive myself for judging Mm -hmm. myself as not. And I just get back to doing my job. This is the thing. I love my wife, Kinchan. That's her nickname. Cohen and Kona, Mm -hmm. my son and daughter with all my might. I lay my life down for them. And when I forget this, I come back to loving Kinchan, Cohen and Kona with all my might. I lay my life down for them. I am the best man, husband, father, and coach. I am eternal. I am forever back home. And my mere presence alone helps everyone I meet come back home to themselves as if for the very first time. I am madly, deeply devoted to you and in love with you. And this is what I say to life. I say to myself. I say to my wife. I say to people I meet. Mm. I am the sunlit wave that washes over your broken heart, the one that seeks soothing, cooling, and healing. I am the eternal wave that crashes and breaks over your yearning soul that has you become alive. You are that. I am that. This is the first time I am in in a podcast episode where I actually feel there is so much love and wisdom in the silence that I just feel sort of drawn to almost be in the sacredness of that space, of the receiving of the words that you just shared, the possibility in being that in all of us. And I, I'm, I'm very... I'm very moved, Gary, from who you're being, from the way that you have showed up in, in our conversation today. And you've done, a, you've done a pretty average job answering questions, but an outstanding job in who you're being at answering those questions. And if you just, yeah, I, I would just imagine if you read the... Uh, like those words without the place they're coming from would, would, would just wouldn't, wouldn't really do anything. So I want to just acknowledge you and who you're being and just the power that, uh, that you have in, in the knowing of who you are as a father, as a human being, as a coach, and as Gary Mahler. Uh, that's one of the greatest acknowledgements that I've ever received because I believe that the divine is in the mundane. And if yeah. I've answered every question average yeah, and the being has shone through, uh, that's my life. That's it. I don't need to be any superstar rock star. I don't need any of those accolades. If I can live a life of greatness within the mundane of just my connection to the Almighty hmm. yeah. and make it as simple as waking up and having a coffee and loving that 
And that gives everybody hope within their particular circumstance to have an extraordinary life without being on a beach in Bali or wherever it is people think they need to be and whatever they think they need to do. There's not a lot you need to do. I have a post-it on my computer that says, there's nothing you need to do as much as you need to be. What a beautiful way for us to complete this conversation. And before we do, I wanted to ask you if there's anything you would like to say. There is, and I'm wondering if you have a couple of minutes to help me with the promise that I made Steve in my last session with him on Thursday, and it would be wonderful to do it here. Please, take your time. So when I had my be with many years ago, I think it was 2015 or 2016, there was a song, and I'll give you the link to Spotify, and I'd like you to put it. And if people choose to listen to this song, please don't listen to it as if you're going to like it for the music or what style it is or what genre it is. But it was a song that hit me super hard when I was young. And it really speaks to who you're being in your life. And I remember playing it for Steve at my Be With, and I played it for Steve at my last session, and we were both in tears. And it speaks to, and it asks the question in one of the refrains, do you love your wife? Do you love your children? Are you laying down your life for them? And what about the other? Do you make the poor man beg you for a bone? We were in tears weeping, and he said, please make a post about this. I went to that BWA session to say, there's something when I was a young man listening to this that touched me, and I have not been this. I want to be this. When I played it again for Steve, we were in tears, and I said, I am this. I love my wife. I lay my life down for her. When I forget this, I just go back to doing what my job is. That be with created something within me to create what it took mm. to work with Steve. And then what you're experiencing now is what I wanted. I just wanted the eyes of love. However I show up, yeah. whoever I'm with, and that's it. I wanted that. That created what needed to occur to work with Steve, to continue working with Steve, and to create a life that has mediocre answers actually in a way of being that actually mm -hmm. transforms. Yeah. I don't got silver bullets. I don't got magic things. I, I really am one of the most normal people you could ever meet. But the things that are created with me and God are extraordinary. I can totally see that, feel that, and acknowledge you for sharing that. Um, I'll ask you to send me the, uh, the link to this song and We'll put it in the show notes. So for those of you that are listening, check out the show notes and you can click into the, the link so that you can have a listen to that song. It's the first thing I'm going to do. 
as we finish our, as we complete our conversation. Gary Marler, thank you so much for who you were being today, for the light that shined through that shined through the averageness in your in your words. Because that's that's I really also love that you see that uh, the beauty and the power of that. And um, I have been moved, and something in me has shifted that I'm not even able to put into words just by being here with you. And for that gift, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for reaching out the way you did and immediate action. This is something I'd like to do. And then just a call to action. Here's something you can do. Brought us here in very short order. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you also to our listeners for taking the time to tune in today and for listening to Gary Mahler. If there's anything that, uh, um, if, if anyone would like to connect with you to know more about you and your work, Gary, what would be the best way for them to do that? On, on Facebook is where most people kind of meet up with me. So just Gary Mahler. Also, you could reach me at restart at GaryMahler.com. Those emails get to me. My website tells a bit about me. People say it kind of feels like me. And I guess because I wrote it and I took out at least 90% of what I wrote. Um, yeah, GaryMahler.com. You can see a bit about me. Those are the main places. I'm not big on social media. And if you look at my Instagram account, it would be every social media marketer would say it's horrible because all it is is just pictures of me and my kids and where I travel. Yeah. And it's just basically a, just a photo album of my life. And, you know, we haven't even touched on this, but I also want to say that you are one of the most successful coaches out there in success means nothing. Um, but maybe in just a few, in just a few words, what does your coaching practice look like? Um, Wow, that's such a good question. It it looks like this conversation we've just had. It looks like people sent something in me that in me there will be someone that anything can be shared with that will be received without judgment. That a wisdom of a full catastrophe of living 56 years has some wisdom plus training and living all over the world running a successful manufacturing company for over 25 years brings. So it looks like all manner of people in various industries that largely have succeeded and there's something that didn't add up, something that didn't quite pay out like they thought. They've got the success. They've got everything much like I did. Those are the people that come to me in addition to people that have some strong desire to create something and have no idea how to do it. And in short order, we say, well, let's work on who you're being and let's see what occurs in all of your life. And the result will be beyond what you even could imagine. So essentially, my coaching practice compresses time. It is time spent being together for six months or for one year as your coach 
And within that, you get all of me. You become family. You become part of me. And the ones that I really, really want to do some extra special work are ones that fly to see me in Hawaii and I spend two days with them or five days with them. And I'm in their life for two or five days, whatever you've experienced in this call, um, we'll be together for two full days. We'll be together for five full days. And that's what it looks like. Nothing short of magic and transformation mm. Mm. in that silence, in that space of stillness filled with love and wisdom and possibility. I will bring this conversation to an end and will bathe in the energy that we have shared together. And uh, I feel deeply, deeply nourished from our time together in this conversation. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Gary Mala. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening. If you know someone who would benefit from today's conversation, please share this podcast with them. Also, we invite you to visit theultimatecoachbook.com so you can continue your personal exploration of being. There you will find links to join our wonderful community, get your own copy of The Ultimate Coach book, and more. Simply go now to www.theultimatecoachbook.com. That's www.theultimatecoachbook.com. The link is also available in the show notes. We appreciate your support. Be blessed. Be you.